0: This is The Fire Life. I think 11.
1: We still have quite a bit of fire in the world. The
0: podcast that takes you inside Adams County Fire Rescue. Adams County, Off And introduces you to the brave men and women keeping our community safe. When the tone drops... We're all family and we all take care of each other. Uh,
1: right now we have an outside fire. No, this, guy that is here.
0: this week on the fire life, engine eleven. The fire service is always there to help us. But who's there to help the firefighters?
2: We want to provide, you know, healthy platforms for
0: connection and relationship building for first responders and their families. This week on the Fire Life, Jordan Long, founder of Revital Colorado. It is super powerful. When you hear other people's stories of how they've overcome and been
2: able to, to overcome those those addictions or those unhealthy habits, and fire medic Rob
1: Haver, the culture is starting to to shift, uh, get to the point where hopefully people are a little a little bit more apt to bring stuff up and to talk about. We're right. starting to see uh, a good support in some of the first responder PTSD. Cases and, and, and all of those things. So it, it, it kind of is starting to change. This is The Fire Life.
3: And welcome to The Fire Life, a podcast for Adams County Fire Rescue. And this is a interesting and unique episode that we're doing it is in conjunction with revital colorado we usually do this podcast and we talk a lot about just internally at adams county fire rescue and i know we've had jordan long on before who is the founder of revital colorado um jordan thank you for joining us again
2: yeah thanks for having me out
3: yeah so this is going to be um a really 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 interesting one and we hope a really impactful one and i think um This is one that you people want to stay tuned for and and definitely tell your friends about and to share this one. So first, if people didn't hear the podcast that you were on, can you tell us a little bit about Revital Colorado and why you started it?
2: Yeah, so um, Revital Colorado was basically founded kind of on the premise of, of taking a proactive approach to first responders, mental health and wellness. And we want to provide you know healthy, Platforms for connection and relationship building for first responders and their families. Um, you know, as my nine and a half years in the fire service, uh, w- when I stepped away, just really became apparent that, um, you know, there, there are a lot of things out there for first responders, but that we can do a better job of proactively helping each other. And if we can connect uh, one another more deeply, um, and we utilize the outdoors a lot for our platforms, um, that it can be extremely impactful for these first responders to connect with one another and for their families to connect um, and kind of get back to that family-oriented uh, fire service and, and police agency service that, that we once knew.
3: You know, the, you mentioned the military does this a lot, yeah. but this is not something that necessarily is in the first responder world right now, and we're going to hear... That it's very valuable in the first responder program and in the first responder world. So joining us is fire medic Rob Haber from Adams County Fire Rescue, and you have taken part in Revital Colorado. So we wanted to talk to you about your experience and both of you guys, just about your experience in, in the fire service. and you know, ways that, that I think that this kind of program can help you and how maybe other people may, may be able to use this program. So when you first heard of Revital Colorado, what did you think?
1: Well, I was uh, I was excited when I first heard about Revital. Um, like, uh, um, I've known Jordan for several years now um, and I've spent uh, uh, you know, a few years in the fire service as well. Um, and w- the thing that I was really excited about was um, it was kind of a uh, – more of a, a, a no stress, non forced type of interaction. Um, there's, a, you know, we have we have our uh, EAP programs, and we have you know a lot of other uh, peer support type stuff. But sometimes it, it all, it, it sometimes it feels kind of forced. And 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 any something's forced like that, um, you, you'll find people that might. Um, not want to open up or, or might not want to uh, you know interact and, and take advantage of that um, the the great thing about revital is is it's it's not forced it's at like Jordan said it's about kind of getting back together as a family building your support system that way um, enjoying the outdoors which is something that we all love to do um, and you know when that happens uh, you know some of some some of these uh, interesting conversations that just kind of happen organically happen naturally um, and so it's it's unlike something or unlike Anything that I've ever been uh, a part of before—it's—it's um, it's really cool.
3: We're not going to sugarcoat sugarcoat stuff on this podcast, so I'd like to know about some of those discussions that you were having, and feel free to jump in and you know ask questions yourself.
2: Yeah, I think from a from a revital standpoint, to up to this you know point in time, guys have really started to open up um, just about some of the challenges that that they face on a daily basis, and and some of the you know most consistent themes that that we've heard either on outings or post outings is um has to do with addiction and you know utilizing and and trying to find ways to drown out the noise or calm your mind when you get home and i think you know i, I know from a personal standpoint i have personally uh done that myself you know i think you know it's very easy to fall into a realm of getting home and and being home for four days and wanting to have some drinks socially. And and then it turns into, you know, having drinks at night to try to fall asleep. And then it just becomes this bad habit. And I think one one reason why revital is so important is we're trying to replace some of those negative habits and negative outlets with some positive and healthy outlets. Um, You know, and I don't know, Rob, if, if you know you've had discussions with other individuals and, and shared your story, but I know you've shared your story with me, um, and I know about it, uh, and maybe not even the whole thing, but it, it is super powerful when you hear other people's stories of how they've overcome and been able to, to overcome those those
1: addictions or those unhealthy habits.
3: So, Rob, I would ask you, can you share your story with us?
1: Absolutely, yes. Um, we're talking about uh, Jordan was talking about you know the the healthy and the unhealthy outlets. Um, and I'm a prime example of of not, at least at a point in my past, not having the healthiest of outlets. Um, I struggle with alcohol. I have for, for many years now. Um, and, you know, it turned into, it started in a social setting for me, um, then progressed to somewhat of a daily thing. Uh, and then, like Jordan said, you know, maybe to help fall asleep, maybe to help kind of um, quiet my head a little bit. Um, and, and it just really became a daily thing, um, became something that that i could not get away from uh something that i had tried you know every which way to kind of cut back on the drinking i you know i had tried um only drinking beer i had tried no beer only hard liquor i had tried you know just all sorts of different stuff to kind of slow that down or stop it but what i realized was uh, i really couldn't i was uh, you know i was really struggling with uh with that and i had i had become addicted to alcohol um so that uh that is you know was, was kind of my version of the unhealthy outlet
3: is this something that was developed in the fire service after time
1: so not not necessarily um i i got into the fire service when i you know when i was 18 so prior to you know having any sort of you know other experiences in my life uh, prior to you know even being legally able to drink um i do think that it probably had picked up you know some you know i was never one that you know would would see a uh, you know would have a bad call per se and think in my head that you know that i need to go home and drink uh but maybe it was just a you know a, an accumulation of, of some of the stress and the work stress that over time started you know taking its toll a little bit um and so so yeah i think that it made it definitely probably made it worse
2: rob did i think a lot of us and i know myself uh when you get to that place you feel like it's only affecting you um did this bleed over and affect, you know, your family life, your wife, your kids, things like that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, uh, and it took a while for me to see, you know, exactly the toll that it, it was taking on the, the family and, you know, and, and probably about the, to take on, you know, my career too. Um, you know, but part of, uh, kind of moving past some of these addictions, uh, for me, you know, was, was kind of hitting a rock bottom and, and it did, it, it got to the point where, you know, my, uh, Uh, Kristen had left and took both the girls with her and they didn't want to be around me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's sad that it took that Mm -hmm. to kind of open my eyes, you know, to see what was going on and and to see that I actually needed help. Well, what
2: uh, what steps did you take to kind of get out of it, overcome it? And and I think for those that are listening that might be struggling, how, how can they
1: overcome it? so it was it really was a series of steps um you know it it had to start you know with with me hitting the rock bottom and seeing that i needed to change uh like i said i had tried all kinds of stuff before that you know every sort of uh moderation that you could possibly do um but you know it got to the point where i, I really realized that i needed help and it took me um seeking out that help you know in the form of various things uh um, there's, you know, there's, there's various meetings for, you know, those struggling with addictions and stuff and, and, you know, um, talking to people at work and, and really just reaching out for, uh, the help that, that was the pivotal point in this for me.
3: How hard was it to talk about? Cause you're very open about it now and you want to be very helpful to people, but how hard was it to get to this point?
1: It was really hard to get to this point. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, the relief that came with um, talking to some people about this, and kind of the the burden that was taken off of my shoulders. But it wasn't always that way. You know, I was really i was i was one of those that was really scared to talk about this, to share my story. Um, you know, and, and then I realized that the more people I talk to, there's there are those that you know might struggle with the same things. Um, and if I, you know, if if my story can even kind of help. Um, bridge the gap to, you know, to other people, maybe opening the door to, to at least start the conversations or ask for help, um, then it's totally worth it to me, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's something that, um, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed of anymore. It's something that a lot of people do struggle with. And, you know, it, um, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, is, is part of who I am now. But like I said, if, if my story can at least inspire somebody to, you know, maybe just, bring up the conversation or start the conversation. That's, you know, then that's uh, well worth it to me. Do you feel like, uh, I know for me it's this way, but do
2: you feel like talking about it kind of keeps you from going back to that place and, and kind of keeps it at the forefront
1: of your mind? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, that's probably one of the most beneficial things for me to date is to, to continue talking about this and to talk about it with other people who might be going through the same things. Cause I have found a lot of people in the fire service that have had a lot of the same thoughts, a lot of the same struggles, you know, and and working with each other and and talking about it that absolutely helps um, keep me, you know, where I am now and keep me, you know, um, away from away from those unhealthy habits
2: again. It's amazing once you're vulnerable and and transparent. The way people really open up and and start to share their stuff too. I think we're all like really reserved until one person breaks that ice and, and that person, especially if
1: you trust them, uh, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, once, once one person kind of starts talking about it, we, you know, we, we find out that there's a lot of people that feel the same and struggle with the same, you know, the same things and stuff. Um, then it becomes really easy, but a lot of times it's just opening that door for the initial conversation, but absolutely. I agree with you, Jordan. And I
2: think it's, you know, ultimately where we're trying to get to with this podcast is, is Just helping people restore balance in their life right because things get so out of whack so quickly and you don't even recognize it until sometimes it's too late um so you know people are listening and don't really necessarily have an addiction issue or addiction that they feel they struggle with you know just just reassessing where's your balance you know where's the time spent Um, what does
3: that mean i mean what it exactly where's the balance
2: well I think you know some could listen to this and be like well great they don't they don't want me to ever have a drink alcohol again or it's it's not necessarily what we're saying everybody you know can has different self-control um, but if it's you know consuming your thoughts and consuming your time and you're starting to plan your days around it that's probably a little bit out of balance and I know that's that's where it really got to in my life was you know when you think about it uh, at different times of the day, it's probably time to reassess where that's at.
3: So tell me about the first responder world that you live in. Do you feel like uh, you're comfortable talking about this with other people? Or how how unique is this first responder world to what we're talking about specifically? And is it changing?
1: I think it's um, it, it is very unique, and I, I think it's unique in the sense that, um, that we're, a, we're a pretty tight knit community that sees a lot of you know terrible things um, together, and and um, does a lot of high risk and high stress events together, and so you know it, it becomes a very tight knit community. And I think that within that tight knit community, um, kind of the general the desire is to decompress, you know, on our off days, and 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 you know it's. it's it's kind of just become a cultural thing at, at this point, you know, whether it be, you know, um, having a, you know, a barbecue on, on Saturday or, or, uh, you know, having a, you know, some of your crew over for dinner this day, or maybe just going, you know, out for, for, you know, drinks or something like that after work. Um, but if you look at, I mean, society in general, you can't really do anything or go anywhere without, you know, some form of unhealthy, you know, um, crutch or device you could turn to um you know alcohol's in every movie theater it's in every you know every restaurant every every ball game i mean it it literally is everywhere um and so it's always available it's always there and uh you know i think it's just kind of become a cultural thing for um you know emergency responders um and and i certainly think that part of that you know um um part of why it's different is is like i said we we become so tight-knit um experience the same stuff together that that you know perhaps maybe not a you know not a lot of other people can can really relate to and understand um and so it just becomes a part of of all of our our get-togethers and a part of you know what we do when we're not on duty
2: Yeah. And I think uh, we are seeing a little bit of a shift um, where people are more apt to talk about these things. You know, those statistics that are on the website, they didn't come from from me. You can, you know, go and research all different types of of organizations out there that have tried to capture these statistics, which is very difficult because not a lot of first responders want to, you know, are willing to give that information up. So some some websites have 30%, some websites have 50%. Um, But the reality of it is, no matter what the statistic is, if we can hopefully just open the door for conversation, that's what this is about. And and we want people to know that whether it's your peer, whether it's a professional organization, whether it's a friend, there's no judgment. Um, No matter what it is you're struggling with, it could be alcohol, it could be pills, it could be, you know, um, things that you see on your computer it could be your lifestyle habits whatever it might be that there's no judgment and, and we hope that whoever you speak to um they're non-judgmental about it either because we all have our our vices and uh if we can just help one another along and and i think first responders are much more comfortable talking to other first responders because as rob said we see these things together mm-hmm. and it's like hey man how how you doing with that? What are you what are you doing to, you know, take your mind off of it? And that's where the real conversations start to occur and and really where we can get to the to the heart of the matter because when you get down to the bottom of it and it starts affecting your family life number one, there's no first responder out there that that wants that. Mm-hmm. Um nobody wants their their habits and their hang-ups to affect their family life.
3: So I want to talk more about Revital and what steps you have made to get you to where you are today, but some of our listenership is going to be other first responders that may be struggling or know a friend that's struggling. So I want to spend a little bit more time on that first responder world, and I know it is shifting, but the culture right now, do you feel like um, you can't really talk about what's going on?
1: So I'll attest to that a little bit here. Um, And I, uh, I, I kind of think we're we're almost at kind of a tipping point here. Um, I'll agree with what you said in the fact that um, it's still there still sort of exists the culture that that a lot of people aren't, you know, aren't uh, comfortable uh, coming out, you know, or or bringing any any of this stuff up with their crew members or friends or, or whatever, um, for you know for fear of feeling judged or feeling you know like like uh, like you're not tough enough or 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 whatever it might be. I, I still think that that very much exists, but I also see what you know what Jordan's talking about and see that the culture is starting to to shift. Um, it is starting to kind of change and um, uh, get to the point where hopefully. People are a little, a little bit more apt to bring stuff up and to talk about it. We're getting more, you know, programs like Revital. We're we're supporting and endorsing our EAPs more. Um, we're starting to see uh, a good support in some of the first responder PTSD cases and 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 all of those things. So it, it, it kind of is starting to change, um, and it, it is our hope that you know even if even if this today you know changes the mind of one or two people it just says hey you know let's let's maybe talk about it like Jordan said in a completely non judgmental way because we all have these uh, these vices or these addictions and stuff Um, so I the, I guess the answer is yes and no that that culture still exists, but we're, we're doing our best and we're trying to kind of sway it, you know, to where uh, it's, it's OK and people feel OK talking about this stuff because it is important. And um, it's we got to be able to take care of each other in order if we're not well, we're not really going to be able to take care of anybody else really well. And that's, you know, at the heart, that's what we do
3: so nature is an amazing thing and the wilderness is an amazing thing and the things that when you're away the things that go through your head so tell me some of the things that when you were doing stuff with revital I don't know if you want to call it a breakthrough or some realizations that you made that you think wow this is this is really valuable
1: so yeah, I mean it's uh, like, like I said, it, it, it happens uh, it happens organically. That's the cool thing. It's not forced. You're not uh, sitting in a counselor's office where you kind of build up your case on the way to the counselor's office, and you know what you want to say, and you you know you have the opportunity to be on the defensive right away um, whenever something's brought up. But it's cool because you're going out with, with peers, um, and then uh, you, you know you're out into the out into the wilderness, and that alone. Makes a lot of us kind of decompress and kind of get on a different, you know, take a step back and examine things a little bit. Um, but it, it just—it's just in casual conversation, you know. We might start talking about, uh, you know. Um, the weather, and then you know somebody might bring up, hey, I had had this uh, this issue with the car the other day, or or whatever it is, and then before long, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, fam- maybe some family issues, or or um, you know uh, stuff going on with your kids' lives, this and that, um, and you might hear you know somebody else going through the exact same thing, and um, and a lot of times, you know, can start talking about alcohol or, or some of these. Coping mechanisms. Um, a lot of what we're talking about today just has to do with outlets and healthy, healthy uh, outlets. You know, Jordan says, you know, the 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 river's is only or body water is only as healthy as its inlets and outlets. So if we don't have healthy outlets, such as Revital and what what Jordan's doing, um, you know, we're we're not going to be um, able to be well. Um, yeah,
2: I think he he hit it on the head. I mean, if if we're not at least taking baby steps forward. Um, you're not taking any steps forward. And a lot of times we're going backwards with our habits and our disciplines in life. Um, you know, the other thing that, that we want to do from an organizational standpoint is, is, as Rob brought up, there's a lot of other organizations out there Building Warriors, Foundation 1023, the EAP program. Um, we want to be a bridge. To some of those programs, um, because some guys may not feel comfortable in a counselor's setting or counselor's office until they've heard somebody that they know had a, had a good uh, you know experience with a counselor, uh, had a good EMDR session and that happens on our outings a lot where we're able to talk about our experiences with these other organizations and hopefully we can bridge that gap because we're not necessarily professional counselors on our side, Uh, we're relational beings and we want to build that trust with you as a first responder uh, and then let you know, hey, these are the experiences that we've had, these are experiences that other peers of yours have had, give it a shot. at least give it a go
0: because like i said those those baby steps forward will pay off the fire life with jordan long founder of revital colorado and fire medic rob haver will continue next after this short message
4: Did you know that many fire departments are experiencing serious fires, injuries and deaths as the result of compulsive hoarding behavior? According to the National Fire Protection Association, a big concern of the fire service is the chaotic nature of the materials in many hoarding households, where blocked windows and exits can make fire attack and rescue very difficult. So why is hoarding an issue for the fire service? Hoarding can be a fire hazard and many occupants die in fires in these homes. Often, blocked exits make escaping from the home extremely difficult. Also, responding firefighters can be put at risk due to obstructed exits, falling objects, and excessive fire loading that can lead to collapse. Horty makes fighting fires and searching for occupants far more difficult. ACFR has some tips to help residents who may be experiencing these conditions in their home. We recommend you create a fire escape plan. We want to stress the importance of a clear pathway and exits to ensure you can get out or we can get to you. And lastly, make sure you install working smoke alarms and test them at least once a month. As always, stay safe and reach out to me, your life safety educator, Bianca Chancho at acfpd.org for more tips and information.
3: Tell me where, and there's, there's many more women in the fire service, but tell me where the male ego comes in all of this, in these conversations and thought process and... I I feel like ego's somewhere in this.
1: It, it absolutely is somewhere in this, and you know, uh, ego can kind of manifest in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, part of part of mine was, you know, kind of having to be in control of things. I think that's why part of why I do this job. I think that's part of why I, you know, became a paramedic. It's so that you know I, I'm kind of in control of the medical calls, and uh, so that's that that's part of my ego manifesting. Um, you know, but then um, there also is the 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 part of it where nobody wants to be seen as. Um, as... I don't know, less of a, less of a a firefighter or less of a week or, or not, you know, strong enough or, or they just can't, you know, they can't handle that. Or I've dealt with this for, you know, for 20 year career and, and, you know, I, I, I'm fine. Why can't they handle it? You know, um, kind of the um, I've heard, you know, the term bounce around like the kinder, softer uh, generation kind of thing. So um, ego is absolutely there Uh, manifests in a lot of different ways. Um, But, Kind of what we want to get at is is that it's that's not how that's not how you're viewed. It's I I certainly no matter who I've told my story to, I've had nothing but um, a warm reception, and honestly, it's helped me. And I feel like I feel like it's it's helped me even gain some more you know respect from some of my peers for being able to share that story because it's, it's part of who I am, and it's part of you know who who I am every day, part of um, my job, part of everything.
2: I think ego comes into play whether it's man or woman I think Mm -hmm. you know we are portrayed as heroes we are given the title hero uh, which is true there's a ton of heroic things that first responders do on a daily basis but the ego side of that word hero bleeds over into everyday life where you're never taken off the cape you're never taken off the bunker gear Uh, you never take off the badge which in, in some situations is good and true, but in other situations uh, we are human and things do affect us, whether it's the calls or whether it's the outside stressors that we've talked about quite a bit. Um, those Do you things, feel like you
3: can't be human?
2: I think guys do. I think guys and gals do. First responders mm-hmm. do. I think they, they, Rob hit it on the head, the, you show weakness in your mind um, because of society, because of the way that it's been portrayed, because of identity. You feel at times like you can't
1: be human. Yeah, that's absolutely part of it. You, gotta, you feel like you, you have to be able to, to know everything. You have to be able to solve everything. You you know, you know have to be able to handle whatever is thrown at you out there, um, you know, on a daily basis at work. And so, so yeah, I think you do kind of feel like you can't take a step back and show any sort of weakness or be human or, you know, um, have, have feelings or, you know, acknowledge the fact that you have, you know, these things going on. Um, absolutely.
3: Yeah. I've always thought that, cause I know those people that you've talked about that, Maybe some old school, like I can, you know, I can do this. I never needed it. It's a crutch. I've yeah. heard that before. I personally feel like it's the stronger people. There's no judgments here at all, but it takes a really, it takes some balls and to be really strong to stand up and say, I need help. I can't do this by myself. That, t- that's the, that takes somebody very, very strong. So I always try and look at it like that. And that's what I might, you know, tell those people that have that view.
2: Yeah, and I think, you know, we, we can't ignore the fact that families are being sacrificed, divorce rates are, are high, mm-hmm. suicide rates are ten times that of the general public. There's reasons for these things. We can't continue to ignore it and just say it is what it is. We've gotta take some steps to hopefully help, you know, curb those statistics uh because one is too many you know you hear that all the time but it's true um and and we all we all know individuals that have had these things and and like rob said hit rock bottom um but had would that have happened had they you know asked for help had they admitted that that there might be something that they're struggling with that's all that we want to hopefully get across is if you're struggling if there's some vices in your life that you know are unhealthy that could eventually lead to destruction, just take a step, just take a step.
3: Do yeah. you handle generations different? Because there's a there's some generational differences going on where maybe the younger generation is more used to talking about their feelings, older probably less so. And so do you have to approach it a little differently?
2: I think no, uh, personally. Okay. I think you you approach it very similarly because – whether you're an older generation old school or you're a newer generation uh it doesn't matter we all have uh we all have hearts we all have uh we're all smart enough to understand and look at things and say yeah there's
1: there's some unhealthiness going on here and to tie into that a little bit, um, I've you know I've personally experienced um, you know the, this generational gap a little bit. Um, a few of the people that have heard my story, you know, in, in its entirety, I've I've talked to you know people younger than me, and and those that are you know very much so um, my you know seniors, um, and it's it's one of the most enlightening things in the world. Have been um, just hearing, no matter what age, no matter what generation or point in their career or point in their life they're in um, that, that we're the same that we have feel the same way that we've dealt with the same things we struggle with the same things and that it's affected us the same um, and th- 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 that's also cool about you know what we're doing here is you know I having been in, in a lot of, of rooms of struggling alcoholics um, it didn't matter what sort of story I would share I was never able to really connect with anyone else in the room the way that I have been here with other people in this service and it just goes back to how you know close knit of a community we are, and we 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 do the same things together, and and can understand each other more. So um, no matter how many you know of the meetings that I had been in, uh, sitting down with you know uh, three or four individuals um, that have heard my story, that have sought me out to you know just just ask questions, just have a conversation. Um, didn't matter what age, what generation, what what position they are in the fire service. Didn't matter. We f- found out that we. Felt the exact same, struggled with the exact same things, um, and 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 like I said, that's has been to date in my life probably the most enlightening conversations, and relieving conversations that that I've ever had. It's it's uh, it's done nothing but help you know reinforce my sobriety and and help give me fuel to you know keep going and keep wanting to talk about this and 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 everything. So it's it's been incredible.
3: That's exact. I was just about to say, God, what a relief that must have been! Like yeah. a huge weight, off huge floor, relief, a yeah. huge sigh,
1: huge relief. Cause you don't realize you, you know, um, at least, at least in me, and and again, I can't speak for anybody else. I can speak for myself. Um, and you know, if there is anybody else who who was was or is struggling, you know, like I have been, um, it's a lot to carry around. And whether you like it or whether you'll talk about it or um, or share, you don't realize that you have that weight sitting, you know, over the top of you, day in and day out. It's a lot. It's a big burden to carry around. So um, just getting that off, you know, that's part of the the um, the the cleaning house that I had to do was get this out and share it and be able to finally you know get rid of it mm-hmm. it's it's incredible well, how freeing of a feeling was it for you very very you know for uh you know i no longer had to be hiding this i no longer had to feel guilty that i was you know coming home and and um, going after an unhealthy outlet i could i could just finally let it go i could acknowledge it know that it's there um yeah it was, it's incredible
3: what advice would you give to people that are listening, that may be a little bit on the fence, or maybe thinking about this kind of stuff, um, to to call, or, and I know you're supportive of so many other organizations, but you know exactly what it's like to be in their shoes, so mm-hmm. what do you want to tell them right now?
2: I think the encouragement and advice that I would give is just take a step. You know, Whether it's a, a revital outing, whether it's a text message or a phone call, uh, or whether it's you know finding a counselor or an EAP that that you are comfortable with, take a step and and see if it doesn't impact you uh, in a positive way. Um, you know, secondary to that, take a step and talk with a peer or with a family member that you trust um, that you might be able just to break the ice a little bit on whatever's going on in your life. You know, and I think this goes to even those that are saying, yeah, I don't really have an addiction. I don't struggle with anything. At least it's worth a conversation um, of, hey, where are your outlets? What are your outlets to deal with You know, what you take on on a daily basis? And how's it going? Because individuals that, that may already have healthy outlets in place, you can be super impactful to your peers also by talking about those. Um, because they may be things that others
1: have never thought about or have never experienced and it can be preventative too that's one of the things that's that's good here as Jordan just reminded me I wanted to uh, touch on so it doesn't just have to be you know um, um, if if you can build these healthy outlets now and figure out what good healthy outlets are um, you know you, you may not even know that you might be having an unhealthy outlet but life is hard and life is going to throw wrenches in your plans it's going to throw difficult things your way um and then you know if you if you can build some healthy outlets now um it's it's going to help you deal with these things as they come down the pike as opposed to maybe now you're turning to alcohol maybe now you have a problem you get you know in trouble get get some something happens um so it it can be preventative too just talking to other firefighters other first responders figuring out what their methods are you know their outlets and stuff it, it can it can help because it's not a matter of if life's going to throw something at you it is when and so um, it can also be kind of in, in preparation for that and you know to just um you know build overall wellness
3: what happens if you don't reach out what th- happens if you keep it inside
1: i think it
2: compounds um i think you know it's it's something to where it will catch you by surprise years down the road um and can be destructive if you don't deal with it, whatever it might be, you know right away. Um, I think if you don't if you don't talk about it now, wherever you're at in this process you you might never talk about
1: it, and it might be too late. It absolutely it might be too late. And you know, if you don't don't try to, you know, at least at least like Jordan said, take a step. At least open the door to conversation. Um, if you don't deal with it, um and I know I I certainly did, but if you don't, it might you know, it could be too late. You could, you know, have just one too many and get pulled over that night and you're you know, you could watch your career fade away. Um, you know, you could have you could lose, you know, a spouse and family. I mean it it's it, it can absolutely could become a little bit you know too late so it needs to be something you at least need to open the door i mean like i said not everyone um it might not might not seem like a problem and it definitely might not be a problem um but you know at least let's let's get talking about these kind of things let's let's create that culture where we can say hey you know jordan let's go let's go get some lunch or some coffee and let's talk about this Mm -hmm.
3: um is there anything else you guys want to add that we haven't touched on
1: um definitely just want to emphasize um the fact that you know it's it's 100% Hundred percent non-judgmental. Um, you can call, you know, me day or night with with any sort of thing, you know, that you might have, and just just start talking to each other. It's be amazed that a lot of people feel the same way or struggling with the same things. Um, you know, you're you're never alone. I promise you, there's somebody else out in this service that. Feels the exact same way, or has done the been through the exact same thing, and you know we are never alone. You do not have to carry any sort of burden by yourself ever.
2: Yeah, I, you know, and and like he said earlier, proactively, proactively take uh, some steps to your mental health and wellness and physical health and wellness. Because um, if you don't, when those tough times come, you're gonna rely on whatever habits you built beforehand. Um, I think the the only other thing we haven't necessarily hit on is, you know, whether or not you think that there's something bothering you or that there's something going on, just reevaluate, reevaluate, you know, where you're at in your career, reevaluate where you're at with your family um, and start to just to build that awareness level so that when things maybe do come up or things get out of balance, uh, at least you have the ability to see it. And you don't need to be necessarily called out from from somebody else.
3: So as we end the podcast, right now, Revital Colorado is open to Adams County Fire Rescue and the Adams County Sheriff's Department. Correct. So while this program started with Adams County Fire Rescue, it's now open to all first responders. So how can people get in touch with both of you?
2: Yeah, so the easiest way is uh, either email jlong at revitalcolorado.org. Um, You know, or my personal cell, which is on our website at RevitalColorado.org. You know, uh, contact us on social media. Revital Colorado is our our handle on Instagram and Facebook. Um, And within the next two to three weeks, we'll be rolling out our app that'll have a separate separate messaging platform
1: uh, on there with a bunch of different resources
3: and rob if people want to get in touch with you
1: yeah absolutely uh easiest way for me is probably just to uh um call or text my cell phone is 970-702-4007 um or email to uh rob rob.haberer h-a-b-e-r-e-r at gmail.com um yeah any anytime uh day or night i want to build the build the culture that you know we can we can talk to each other and um, you know non-judgmental I'll, I'll just listen if you want to vent too I mean uh, whatever it is
3: thanks you guys for doing this podcast I think it's, it is priceless it is valuable um, if one person listens to this and makes an impact and really want to reevaluate I think it's it's worth it because um, it's not just first responders, obviously, but a lot of people struggle with this, but especially in the first responder world, and you are not alone, as you said, and that, I think, is our, our biggest message. So thank you very much for joining
0: us.
1: Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Yep.
4: Medic 11. Engine
0: 11. You've been listening to The Fire Lines. Emergency traffic, emergency traffic. A podcast by Adams County Fire Rescue. Adams County Office. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Roger, we've ordered two more rescues for you. And check out our webpage, ACFPD.org, for more on the services we offer, fire prevention information, and how to become a firefighter at Adams County Fire Rescue. Engine 11. Thanks for listening, and please stay safe. <laughs>